Hello and welcome to The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at some of the state news' biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. I'm your host, Madison O'Connor, and today we'll be discussing a centerpiece story about three prominent Michigan State athletes who attended the same high school, several racist incidents that have occurred recently on campus, and how the university's merit-based aid has been rapidly increasing. Thanks for joining us. This past week's centerpiece story was about three prominent athletes at Michigan State who all attended the same high school in Detroit. Here to talk more about this centerpiece story is the State News' hockey reporter, Brendan Gumbel. Welcome, Brendan. Hello, thanks for having me on. So with your centerpiece story, you discussed how Cassius Winston, Tommy Apap, and Elijah Collins are all ambassadors for their high school, Detroit Jesuit. How have their Detroit Jesuit roots helped them in their careers here at Michigan State? Um, I think they were just incredibly prepared for when they got here. Um, I attended U of D, so I know firsthand how things are ran there. Um, their school motto is building men for others, so like athletics isn't the number one priority. It's very, um, they're very uptight with like academics and how you conduct yourself and just balancing everything. So I think um, they all three of them were just extremely prepared for when they got to college and were ready to handle themselves. Yeah, sure. And, and Cassius Winston had an incredible career at Detroit Jesuit. How did that contribute to his performances here at MSU? Uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding him uh, before he even got to the high school. So people already knew who he was and people knew that he was going to be special. And um, he came in right away in his freshman year and was an integral part of the team. Um, so I think he was just able, he learned how to cope with success from an early age Um and like having the spotlight on him and all that. And then his senior year, the team was just absolutely loaded and he was the driving force in that. And they won the state championship. Um, so I just think by the time he got to Michigan state, he was already acclimated to handling success, handling the spotlight. And he played for two very similar coaches. Um, Pat Donnelly, the high school coach, um, very similar coaching style with Tom Izzo, both kind of tough love type of guys. So I just think that, uh, it was a really smooth and easy transition for him to Michigan state. Sure. Definitely. And with Elijah Collins, in addition to being, you know, a star football player, you know, he was also great on the hardwood. How did Detroit Jesuit shape him into being this sort of multi-sport athlete? Um, I just think that goes back to what I said earlier, just about um, just having him being a very well-rounded uh, individual and not just focusing on football or just focusing on basketball, but helping to be able to balance that along with his academics, along with his co-curriculars. Um, and he was just a freak of nature athletically, so it was just, I think it was easy uh, for him to translate uh, between football and basketball. Sure, sure. And, you know, in your centerpiece story, you talked about how Tommy Apap sort of took this unconventional route to get to MSU. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and his path here? Yeah. Um, hockey's, like, very different than basketball and football. It, it, it runs a lot differently. It's not just... Um, it's like you got to go to juniors and all that after high school. But a lot of like the big time players in college um, don't really play for their high school. They play for like travel teams or AAA programs um, just because that's kind of how it is. Not every high school has a hockey team or people view high school hockey as like inferior to uh, like AAA. And um, <clears throat> so Tommy didn't he never he never did that. He played all four years at high school and he played JV hockey and then trans transitioned to varsity and um, he, that's just what I mean when I say he took an unconventional route. He just he 
he's stuck with high school. Sure, yeah. And, you know, as someone who went to Detroit Jesuit yourself, what was it like, or what is it like having this trio of athletes from your school at Michigan State? I think it's very special, uh, just given the fact that, um, like, in the Catholic League, which is the athletic league that uh, they participate in, um, they're not necessarily, like, number one when it comes to athletics. Like, a lot of the other schools in it, like, athletics is one of the main focuses. So you kind of hear about players coming out of those high schools and having success. So to have, like, three guys from U of D all in different sports, all in positions of leadership and uh, having prominent roles on the team, um, I just think it, it, it speaks to U of D as a whole and uh, what they're capable of producing. Definitely. Well, thank you for telling us about your story, Brendan. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me on. A public Q&A discussion with President Samuel L. Stanley Jr. hosted by Michigan State's undergraduate student government resulted in racist comments toward black students in attendance. This was followed by several other racist incidents on Michigan State's campus. Here to unpack this Q&A session and other incidents is student government reporter Wendy Guzman. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, thank you for having me. So can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly happened at this Q&A? Um, yeah, so essentially the idea was to give students a connection, a chance to ask President Stanley some of their questions. And so they were doing it through uh, submissions from the couple weeks before and also they had a program they were using where you could ask live questions and so you could submit them and then everyone that was in attendance could have it on their phone it was like a code you can put in and then you like the questions you like and that would bring them to the top and then they would tell Mario um ASMSU president to um they would send him the top questions and he would ask President Stanley at the top at like the beginning the front of the room Sure, yeah. And and while at the event, when did people sort of start to realize that these racist comments were starting to be made through this system? Yeah, so the Black Student Alliance, they, as part of the Revolt Week, they wanted to come in and ask President Stanley about some of the racist incidents that have happened on campus this year, because there's been quite a few. And so they kept asking them. And eventually, they definitely were a, a good portion of the ask th- of the things, the questions asked in the platform that they were using so then people I guess got annoyed and started posting like derogatory terms towards them and things just like oh all these people need to shut up or go do this and that just very rude things and it was um I was on it at the beginning but I was more focused on what President Stanley was saying so I wasn't fully on what was going on so one of our photographers Lauren who photographed the event she texted me hey have you looked at the thing like, there's some stuff going on. So I went and checked on it, and it was awful. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I turned around to look, and, like, everyone kind of had slight panic on their face because I think everyone knew, except for Mario and President Stanley, who were at the front. So it was very strange. Sure, yeah, and I was about to ask, too, you know, how did the audience sort of react to these comments that were being made that were uh-huh. bl- blatantly racist? Yeah, I mean, some people were responding back to them. They were saying, like, we have screenshots, like, like we're going to try to find out who you are. Um, I'm not sure if um, Mario was particularly aware spe- of the specifics. I think he might, in the text, they might have told him, hey, there's stuff going on, but I don't think he knew because he didn't, he wasn't on the actual platform, but... Um, yeah, it was it was just 
bizarre. And then to, at the end, once it was over, they started playing music and like event was over. And I just kind of looked over at everybody and everyone was just had blank faces. They, it was just like chaos just happened and like no one at the front of the room was aware. And so we were, everyone was just in complete shock because they were very terrible things. And like everyone knew except for the main people. So it was very strange. Sure. And with those main people, with President Stanley and then the Associated Students of Michigan State University, their president, Mario Kekos, how did they respond? You know, when did they find out and how did Mm -hmm. they respond? Well, I know, I'm not sure when Mario found out, but I know that there were students who came up to President Stanley the second it was over, basically, after a couple seconds, they went up to him and showed him. And he was, he said, like, send those to, like, my office. I talked to him afterwards as well. And he was like, that, like, that's, like, unacceptable. Like, those, they're very rude comments that shouldn't be said. Um, He, he said that if they were to do something like this in the future, like, they had to find a better way to do it. It was sort of just to try to get the best, the comments, the questions, I guess, that one, like, people wanted most asked, like, to get them attention. So, but, that gave a lot of opportunity for people to hide behind the anonymity of the platform. Mario said that they contacted the police. They were going to contact the police. I'm not sure if they did or when they did. And also try to find maybe the IP addresses to try to find out who exactly said it. Sure, definitely. And this is also not an isolated incident at all. Um, you know, there have been other racist incidents mm-hmm. around campus that have occurred. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, sort of the larger issue that this Q&A falls into? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So this, I almost, it's almost even worse that this was during um, the BSA's revolt week that we had two other incidents this week. So there was a swastika drawn outside of a frat house, um, which is just, again, an awful, awful thing. And then the uh, Spartan Stampede, like the rodeo, they had a complaint because one of their skits included a um, a character that was like clearly like a very stereotypical um, Mexican who was getting told to, with a big like mustache and such, that was called taco and they told him to go back something about crossing the border just very not good things and i think it's it's sad that things keep happening and that's how we're becoming aware of the issues on campus um some of the people that i talked to when the event happened they said that a lot of this stuff even the things that aren't as big as that just even just kids making remarks to themselves or amongst themselves that a lot of it goes back to not having the training for diversity so um I'd hope that maybe the university would try to I know they were looking into this and I think that they should definitely take bigger steps into making this a thing sure definitely thanks for coming on to talk to us Wendy thank you for having me In our February 20th print edition, Campus Features reporter Samaya Overall wrote a story about how MSU is ranked number four for most increased merit-based financial aid in the country. Samaya is here with us now to talk more about this story. Thanks for being here, Samaya. Thanks for having me. So could you tell us a little bit more about this story and sort of what it's about? Um, so I got a tip, well, Evan, our editor, got a tip from a person, a writer and editor named Stephen Bird. He um, 
had did a research project on how many uh, mayor aid in the United States and Michigan State happened to be number four. So looking into it and talking to him, he um, gave some reasoning behind that, and he also pointed out that Michigan State did not always um, provide merit aid, and this is a new a new occurrence starting in 2003, and it's um, been rising ever since. And um, the problem with this aid is that it doesn't go to um, low-income or even middle-income students. It's usually to out-of-state wealthy students, and um, which leaves behind the lower income students who really need the money to um, go to college and get their degree and um, have the mobile pathway to a higher economic status. Definitely. And I was actually just about to ask uh, who this money often goes to. Yeah, um, it often goes to wealthy out-of-state students. And this is because um, they bring in revenue from being wealthy. And um, also, as they graduate as alumni, they um, often give back to the college in ways that maybe low-income or middle-income students can't do, especially, like, right away, um, which also helps drive up ratings for Michigan State on um, things like the U.S. News um, College Ranking List, which is a national list that all colleges try to rank higher in, and that um, often determines where out-of-state wealthy students go by which are the most prestigious colleges. So, yeah, that money goes to them, and then which, like I mentioned before, takes away from the in-state or even, like, out-of-state low-income or middle-income student. Sure. And is there any sight of this trend changing in the future? Um, Stephen mentioned that there are some colleges taking a look at this because there are a lot of students dropping out just because they just financially can't graduate. But... um, there's the incentives of having to rise up the list and um, state budget cuts and things like that, they're still in place. So there's not really a side of the change in non-need-based age changing. What else should we know about this story? Um, I think that it's important to mention that even though Michigan State is number four on increased merit aid, isn't merit aid overall, but it doesn't necessarily mean that need-based aid has went down. Need-based aid has also gone up alongside um, non-need-based aid. It's just the fact that how rapidly um, merit aid is going up in comparison to need-based aid is what we should probably take a look at as a university. Sure. Thanks for coming on and telling us more about this, Maya. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for joining us this week on The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at some of the state news' biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. You can follow us on Twitter at VSNews, on Instagram at State News, and on statenews.com. Also, be sure to pick up our weekly print edition on stands all across campus. We'll be back next week to unpack even more stories.